It is Monday night, our new uh, home for the journey. Uh, Monday night, 7 o'clock on Facebook Live and YouTube. Uh, it's our first Monday ever, so we're pretty excited about that. Uh, we're changing just because of our studio and the way we work here, but we're not uh, changing what we do. We still dive into the deep and go after the things of the heart. Come on, man. Shush, shush, shush. <laughs> And uh, just welcome you all to this first ever Monday night episode. Make sure you guys share the broadcast. Um, also, too, just want to let you know, if we say something that you like, there's these little uh, heart and uh, smiley faces and all that stuff at the bottom of your page. If you hit that stuff, what happens is it actually breaks Facebook's algorithm and allows us to reach more people. So if you hit the, tap the little hearts and all that kind of stuff, it really... Uh, actually does make a difference also make sure to comment be a part of the evening and uh you know let us know where you're at who you are how's it going strange it's not loading again which one on facebook on mine from my wall yeah did you refresh yep Here, let me see 100 times i got this we got this Let's just go right Monday, to Monday, Monday, Monday. So good to me. Oh, man. Yeah, Monday's a good day. Fridays were great. I felt like it was Friday all day, actually, because I'm so <laughs> used to doing it on Friday that it was a weird feeling coming in to do it uh, today. But that's cool because we're doing uh, different um, events uh, in our building now. That we have on uh, throughout the weekend, so this is really good. Um, it was going to be a little bit loud out there, and mm -hmm. you couldn't be in two places. Yeah, it's hard well, to be you, in two places could, at I, once. I don't know how. Did you find it? Yeah, I shared it. I shared it right from the, the the page. So, like I said, if you guys are on here and you don't mind, that'd be awesome if you could share it for us. Sharing is caring. Also, like I said, if we're saying something and it's hitting home, the little heart and likey-likey buttons at the bottom help us to reach more people because it breaks Facebook's algorithms. Just letting you know because honesty is the best kind of medicine. Yes. So if you just give me a moment, though, <laughs> I will share it on our uh, page for people to be able to get it. Mm. Yeah, God, you're so good. Mm. Hey, there we go. Mm. <laughs> Focused. <laughs> mm -hmm. All it takes is just a thought. Mm. Mm, we want to just enter into your presence, Dan. Into the realm of awareness. Because you're here. There's no distance or delay. No. Mm. Not That's for, good. Not for an omnipresent God. 
Yeah, come on. Who declares unity and oneness? <laughs> right. So if there is distance, it's only in my own mind. And if there is delay, it's only a lack of my own belief. Yes. Or too much belief in the reality I'm already attached to. The matrix. <laughs> this is the problem. Yeah, All come right. on. All right. So. And the wild thing is, is sometimes circumstance can be the very thing that causes you to wake up. Usually is. Pressure. Yeah. Opens well, the treasure that's inside you. And even like I said, I like we've said here before, and I was just saying to a group of people um, yesterday, it's like, I am questioning. I am searching because it's not working. Well, and and so if it doesn't work, then there's not much use to it. Well, if it doesn't work, it means you haven't found. Exactly, and so, so don't build a theology on unfound principles. Yeah, and so if I haven't even found the awareness of that which is, right? How can I assume that it's just, you know, I'm just supposed to keep trucking on in this, mm. <laughs> trucking? But it's you know, and the so, Lord gave me an incredible picture of this the other day but i won't go there because it'll get me killed but oh. he told me the difference <laughs> of religion and so it's about the experience is what it's about yeah that's the difference between found and unfound is one is the experience mm. of the creator in an intimate way and the other is an informational understanding given through the mind of man yeah and that's what we usually watch and walk in right Whoa. And that's what causes us to be lost. And, and then we don't question when the Lord himself, it says that he, um, he um, hides, right? Mm -hmm. And it's in mystery. It's the glory of God to conceal, hide, mystery. Yeah. And the glory of kings to search a matter out. Yes. So if you're not searching but just accepting what somebody's telling you, and it's not becoming an experience where, like, if you tell me a great place to eat and I can't ever find that place, do I keep listening to you <laughs> and just talking about it? Or do I find out where I can actually go to find that place, even if I got to search for it? I got to drive around town a little bit and ask some questions. And finally, I find this restaurant. I go in, I sit down at the table. I ask for this burrito that you've been telling me about, right? And they bring the burrito to Which my I table. I probably never even eat myself. And I start to eat the burrito and I go, yes, this is what he was talking about, mm. right? Eat my flesh, drink my blood. It's about the experience uh, of intimate relationship with God. Well, even like just recently, when we were talking about eons and all that, mm -hmm. uh, the Lord had spoken to me and said, this is the season where I'm going to pour water where you won't thirst again. And he asked me, like, hasn't your Christianity been thirsty? Yeah. And it's like, I've always been looking for the next thing or the next fill or the next moment. And it's like, well, wait a minute. That's just fortifying this belief that I lack something. Mm -hmm. But how could I if I have the very same spirit? The very same, like the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead inside of me, yeah. taking residency, giving me hope, uh, grace, power, everything he has, every spiritual blessing Ephesians lavished upon me. He's not holding anything back. You have to go into the heavenlies to Come get on. it. Well, and that's the thing is, is am I believing 
and a carnal understanding of God, a mind belief. I can memorize a biography of any any musician I want. It doesn't mean I know them. Exactly. Just because I know everything they've said, I've read every article they've ever done, but like Jesus even said that. Mm -hmm. And in fact, when we figured out that everlasting life is knowing the Father, right. he says, you think knowing the Father is found in Scripture. Right. You search them for eternal life. He goes, but knowing the Father is right before you, and you can't even see it. Yeah. Because yeah, if you've seen him, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father, right? So he's... He's actually saying you could be right now experiencing that which you've been searching for, but you're so um, attached to that which you know, you don't know that in whom you've been known by. Yeah, so it's, it, for them, it's about what they know, which it was for us. Yeah. It's what we knew, which our security was in that. Oh, man, like I had it, you know, if I just memorize the scripture, my faith is growing. Yeah. I was like, well, wait a minute. I know guys that used to put headphones on. Go to sleep with it, yeah. Listening to the Bible, thinking yeah. they were more spiritual when they woke up. Well, because, you know, all I got to do is hear it. That's I just right. got to hear the word, and then faith will grow inside of me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, wait. no, what you need to do is is hear yeah. from the inside out the word. Yeah. And well, then, yeah, faith is going to grow. Because yes. when you start to hear God speaking to you, it's easy to believe in him. So, so what we're doing is trying to break down um, some of the understanding of what's in the Scripture through the Aramaic, through different avenues, um, understanding through the Hebraic, understanding uh, what it means so that we can then go after that and begin to step into it, thus the latter. Mm. That's what that's about, from glory to glory to glory, to face to face, right? And that's what we want to do. And we're in a time of reformation. That's what's going on, reformation. Mm. And so, in a time of reformation... <laughs> Did you hear that too? Yeah. It was like, whoo! Yeah. I was like, what was that? <laughs> oh, there we go, it's your phone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> In a time of reformation, there's an awakening, yeah. and the beginning of that awakening is realizing that there's more, letting God speak to us and trusting him instead of security in, the, in a, what St. John of the Cross called a herd, or what we might call a denomination, or we might call a particular group of people. Um, if we can't follow Jesus Christ, Yeshua, if we don't trust him by his spirit to lead us into all truth, then we should not be Christian. What are we exactly? You see? So, so we've been looking at uh, the fact that the book of Revelations is uh, an allegorical book uh, with some things about uh, 70 AD, because Jesus was speaking to them about their generation, and then he was unpacking for us the journey into the Father, into eternal life, and what this all looks like, and it's only by the Spirit that it can be discerned. Mm. We had guys writing books that weren't prophets, and calling them the Word of God, and building eschatology of the end of the world. 
yeah. based on guys writing books that were not profits. And that's scary in itself. And making millions of dollars mm. as everybody ran out to buy the late great planet Earth or whatever. Yeah. It's like, um, and they everybody would keep changing the dates, <laughs> you know? And I believed in all that. I preached all that. I walked in it. But then God began to confront me with some reality on this stuff. Yeah. You know? And it's more important for me to uh, not make Jesus Christ bow to my intellect, but me bow to him as the king and allow him to cause me to change my mind. Metanoia. Yeah. Because I know nothing. Once you start from a, an aspect of, uh, really, I know very little, and God wants to take me deep into the mystery that Paul talked about, then I got to be flexible. Remember, the flexible will not be broken. Come on. So this Wednesday, I had this experience with in the heavens, and then the Lord, as I woke up, the Lord started talking to me about it and unpacking it, and it kind of blew my mind. And so that's where I'm going to go with this tonight. But um, as, I, as I sat and thought about this before I came, I realized there's a lot of material to put into one night because um, it's just a lot. And so I decided to split this up over two weeks. So we're going to do, it'll be a little shorter. I shouldn't say that because it never is, but a little shorter. <laughs> I'm going to cut it in half, and um, we'll get to what he showed me next week. But this this whole beginning of it will set you up and help you start to see this whole whole process. Um, let me just say this: we call it the living word. Is that me or you? That's you. No. Somebody wanted on the program real bad. <laughs> they call it. Do we have a few people on? Yeah. Okay. It's going to be a little strange probably for everybody um, this week. Uh, at first to adjust to Mondays compared to um, doing it on Fridays. But we're, we're feeling it out because we want to make room. Uh, for some things Jeremy's doing, and um, um, Mondays seem to work good for us, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think Monday's a good night. You know, we all we all come off the weekend, and mm -hmm. it's nice to refocus on a Monday night. It's nice to, and also too, you don't have to watch Monday no, you, night. We encourage you to because it's nice to be live and have you here yes. and, and interact. We love that part. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Deborah, for saying happy Monday. We're yes, nice to see you. You know, Monday, Monday. Also. <laughs> We forgot it's Happy Valentine's That's Day. That's right. <laughs> so Valentine's the Day. The Day of Love. Yes. But uh, yeah, so we just we you know we had to switch to Mondays, but it's going to work out great. I think so. And I think that uh, as we allow this um, to unfold, sure. more and more, I think people are going to start to share their own encounters that they're going through. Yeah. Because that's what it want. We want this to be about realistically we're just yeah eddie how you doing buddy all right we're just um basically sharing what we're walking out yeah 
So, you know, that's the thing, guys. You can... Um, and freely I've been given, freely I'm giving away. Exactly. I want people to... Uh, I don't want us to stay in, like, Exodus 19. Mm. We're all at the foot of the mountain hearing about this scary sky god, okay? And Moses goes up the mountain, which is a picture of him going up into the heavens, right? Mm -hmm. And coming into a place of contact with, with the Father and with Christ. And so he gets to experience what I call the liquid love of God. Well, they're all at the bottom mm. worshiping a calf. So there's a problem, and that's going on today. We, we don't call it a calf, but that's representative of something. Yeah. And so God is calling us unto himself face to face, and I'm excited about that. And as he's done this to me and unpacked this to me and is pressing me, on, on all sides and causing a fire to consume inside me for him then i desire to to give it to others yeah. i was talking to susan the other day about the fact that um sometimes i might feel to some people like i'm um what's the word um hmm separate there's a better word that i've been accused of actually Isolated? Yeah, a little bit isolated. But I said to her, I'll tell you what this is. When I first experienced the liquid love of God, I was so thankful for what he did, taking me out of gross darkness where I was perishing, and experienced this unbelievable experience with uh, the Lord in this liquid love yeah and it's actually blew me away so that i went out because i didn't want it my understanding of the time was heaven and hell yeah. and so i ran out to tell people about jesus as an evangelist and because i had such a passion for people to not perish people to know him and to know this love that I was, and he, he was showing up crazy in those days. And then um, all of a sudden I realized that I could only do so much like that. And I realized as he was calling me to go deeper and reminding me of the bathroom in 78, I realized I, to go back to my future, I had to go up the mountain. Come on. Because it can only give away what I've been given, right? <laughs> and so I had to climb the mountain in order to be able to get to a place where God could do more in a day than I can do in my whole life. It says he could save a nation in a day. How does that happen and what does that look like? It says that the Father gave the nations to Jesus as his inheritance. Where's that? Well, that's not the way we think. It's, he is all-powerful. And so the only way I could do this is I realized if I truly love people, then I will be willing to leave the herd and go up the mountain in order to give away what I've been given. So yeah. I'm going to pay a price. The price is that I'm going to 
um, leave the crowd. And it's not that I leave people, but that's why I think they perceive me as isolated. Because I said to Susan, I said, I'm not isolated in the respect that they think. I said, have I lost my love for, for people? Absolutely not. It's just they don't understand that I was going out and doing these things and recognizing that it was, it's like I can walk to Toronto or I can take a jet, which well, is a better way to go. I was walking. Also, too, we were giving away something that only half worked. Yeah. And I was in the midst of the last of the uh, Jesus movement and seeing powerful stuff go on, but yet I knew it was nothing in compared to what Moses seen. And I'm in yeah. the New Testament. And so I realized, you know, because he showed me him bringing the cloud. I literally experienced this standing on Ontario Street in Stratford where the cloud comes down over a whole block. And I watched it. I stood in it. Yeah. The glory of God, the cloud of God, and realized what he can do and what he will do mm. for someone that's willing to press the mystery and go in. Well, and I think, too, like, it's not it's not that uh, we're pulling away from people. It's that it's hard sometimes when people are used to just shutting out anything that's different, right. anything that doesn't hit home, anything, like, just get rid of it, get rid of it. Nope, they can't be part of our club. They don't believe like us. Right, conformity. And, yeah, and I, I had a really cool experience last night with a buddy that we both knew before mm -hmm. where we're on very different spectrums of of belief yeah but it didn't it didn't seem to have any effect on our love for one another in right. our conversation i would say something he would share something i'd listen to him yeah he'd listen to me it was weird like it even though we didn't necessarily get to the same place at the end of the conversation right there was still this mutual like hey i love you and i respect your journey yeah because we're all on that journey like, if somebody, well, if somebody had come talk to me 10 years ago or 15 years ago, I guess, um, about any of this, yeah, I wouldn't have even been open. Yeah. Well, and, and, but the thing is, is like, we're so quick to just cancel culture, right? People out of our lives who are different than us or believe different than us that we forget that, like, well, how does iron sharpen iron if nobody has a different opinion than yours? But the problem is in, in North America, they don't have a Jewish understanding of that. Yeah. Where you were just talked about it. That's what I experienced was that. Yes. And it was really cool because we're hugging at the end. Right. Even though we had complete, sometimes almost like mm. grinding against each other opinions. Yeah. And it didn't have any harshness against each other. It was really weird. And this is what the, the rabbis did. They, they would do that in order to get to a higher place of understanding. Mm -hmm. We all bring different aspects and we hammer the thing out and all of a sudden light hits something and we go, oh my gosh. And it's okay to disagree at the end because they understood the, the purpose was to seek to find Come and on. to understand they didn't already have. Yeah. Well, like, what, isn't it stupid to fight over something that doesn't work? Yeah. It's like I'm fighting over transportation in a buggy right and it and the, the horse doesn't want to pull it and you're sitting there in a ferrari telling me yeah well why don't we just try this huh. i'm saying no this is the the this is godly transportation you know what i'm saying and so that's what i'm saying like like a week ago or two weeks ago i showed how 
Um, the idea of God in heaven and us down here is Roman and Greek, um, what do you call it, paganism. Yeah. And so if, if I, I was, and it was Constantine that brought that in, in order to make everybody Christian. And so there's all kinds of pagan things we're doing, and we think it's biblical, and it's not biblical. Christian, it isn't Christianity. It's not even near Christianity. So once you see, you can't unsee. Yeah. That's to pursue the mystery of who is the living word. When I say that term, I'm not talking about a dead word. I'm talking about a living word. And what does the living word do? What does light do? And so there's a purpose in the living word to impact and do something to me. It, is, it doesn't just come into my mind and my reasoning no. as a great idea that maybe I should um, do such and such and, it's, and, and God will be pleased. That's not what the living word is. No. The living word causes me to live. It removes me from death and brings me to life. That's the mountain journey. Yeah. We're going back to where we came from. Restoration mm -hmm. is to be restored into original condition mm -hmm. of what we really are. Yeah. And that's where we're going to go into some of those things tonight. Awesome. So I want to start with this, just, just as something to first to chew on. Maltari, and for those who don't know Maltari, Maltari wrote a book called Like a Mighty Wind and another one called The Gentle Breeze of Jesus. Now, he was involved in a revival, Indonesian 60s, and crazy things would happen. But they were, they, he was like, when you read his stuff, it's like he's very childlike and very open to the Lord and what God's doing, following his word, what he said. Not a book, the person. And so I want to read a quote by him. You and I were created for the supreme purpose of having an intimate and satisfying love relationship with our Creator. Our a relationship, are you ready? That gives God just as much as enjoyment as it gives us. We think it's this guy on a chair where we're worshiping him and he's pleased at our worship. That's not what this is at all. This is a love affair between a husband and a wife is the best scenario Paul could show us. It's, it's, a, it's a relationship where he's receiving love into his heart from me, and I'm receiving it from him, and it's literally an experience. Not something I'm doing to hope to get to heaven. This is an experience of this love affair going back and forth, and he goes, wow, what a calling to be the lover of the king of heaven himself. Listen to that. To be the lover of the king of heaven himself. The lover. Think of that. A love affair back and forth. This is not dead religion. This is passionate love affair. That from a guy who walked in a powerful move of God. Powerful move of God. If you ever get a chance, like a mighty wind, will really stir hunger in your heart. And gentle breeze of Jesus. 
It's just the great books on basically on that revival with Mel Tari. Just and I could tell stories, but I'm not gonna. That's really what it's about. A love affair he's telling us. For me, I understood right away the liquid love of God, where God was pouring his love out on me. And now I've been responding like two people dating or courting until I come into that place of the marriage, of union, what Paul talked about. Me, you, any one of us. That's the goal, right? Okay, so this is where we want to go. So think about this, the, the living word. Always remember that. Not a dead word, a living word. So 1 Corinthians 15, 45 says, so also it's written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. They both serve two different purposes. We think, I'm, I'm going to mess with you a little bit right now. I want you to think about this. If an all-knowing God knew what Adam was going to do in the garden, would he have created him and put him there? Would you? Would you create something that you know won't work or fail? No, you wouldn't. That'd be stupid. Of course God knew. This is all part of the process. It wasn't a shock. Oh my gosh! Do you see what Adam did? What are we going to do? No. God is all-knowing and all-powerful and omniscient. He was there. He knew. He's creating something. He's molding something. We're inside a womb, according to Jesus. We're in the womb. This is the womb. We haven't even been born yet. What, what really is about to take place comes after the seven days, which is a journey each one of us must make. Whether you make it here or take 10,000 or a million years to do it, you're going to do it. It's, it's a journey. But here, God said to me, I've given you time and experiences, the good, bad, and the ugly, to press you so you won't be complacent, so you'll pursue that thing called um, the day of the Lord, the perfect day, the fullness of the day, the seventh day. They're all the same thing. It's just words telling me about this place of union, marriage, in the end of the book of Revelations, where I come into union, marriage with, with the Father. I'm in the Father, and I understand now what it was about. I'm all-knowing with Him. That's where He's bringing us, each and every one of us. But we can settle for religion, a little dabble, do ya? A little story, a little here and there. Or we can pursue the creator of the universe to know him. If I could only know him, Paul the Apostle said, Gnosko, intimacy, husband and wife, to know, I want to know. That was Paul. Adam, first Adam, was a living soul. That's what comes out of the body. Okay, we will get to this next week, as he showed me because he showed me before I came here. And I'm gonna explain what I was and what my purpose is and why, our, what our purpose here is to get. So here's, here's this whole thing. And then Jesus, the second Adam of a new creation comes and he's a life-giving spirit. We want that life, that Zoe life that was in Christ 
that he came to bring us, that's what we want. Now, I want to get in just for a moment um, to some Hebrew. The Hebrew, the old Hebrew word for human being in Genesis is Adam. Okay? It refers to a non-gendered being made up of dam, juice, wine, sap, or essence. This is what Adam was. Now, when I say this, juice, wine, sap, or essence, you're, it was an essence. All of us were. A wine, okay, which has assimilated or expressed through the A, which is the letter Aleph, which points to sacred unity. Sacred unity. So the word for wine or juice symbolizes individual consciousness. That's what the wine is. Individual consciousness, which much of the Middle Eastern sacred literature sees as distilled or fermented from sacred unity. Are you following? Sacred unity is the union and oneness of all things, which is what Jesus calls God. He, when he used the word God, he was using sacred unity. So out of the sacred unity comes the very wine or the, the distilled or fermented out of the sacred unity, me, you, the wine, individual consciousness, which is part of the greater consciousness, which is sacred unity. And what do we got on the planet? Division everywhere you look, which is a delusion. It's a delusion because how could unity be separated? It is because we're, we're in carnality, not knowing we're one in union, in consciousness of God. But what we do then is we uh, divide and fight over everything. There's good people, bad people. No, there's no such thing as good people and bad people. There's what they're doing is good or bad yeah. out of the division called separation. But there are brothers and sisters. In fact, we're one with them. I've never seen my hands fighting. They don't fight with each other. It'd be funny if they did, wouldn't it? And that's what we're doing down here, inside the womb, inside the womb, because we haven't hit the fullness of the day. Okay, so you got this uh, fermented or distilled to see it, um, the manifestation of that uh, consciousness called John Brown, okay, which isn't my real name, but we're going to go with that, okay? So, according to this view of Genesis, as we, we as human beings have been given the challenge to hold within ourselves the consciousness of all older life forms as well as the entire universe manifested and unmanifested yet. What is that? That's called God. That's called sacred unity. That's all is one and one is all. That's where Jesus said, I'm in the Father, the Father is in me, and we are one. Philip, have I been with you so long, man? And you don't understand when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We're one, one and the same. So he's trying to tell us something. 
You see, our problem is even our Judaism stuff we're given is given after the temple was destroyed in 70 AD. It's not what they believed, the, the mystics and the, the early Jews. This is not what they believe, this stuff we get. You have to go back before into the Aramaic, into the early Hebrew and Eastern understanding to get this stuff. And that's why once you see this, you begin to understand that um, when God says, you know, that he's omnipresent in the universe, that there's the, the water above the firmament and the water below the firmament. Remember, the water above is the consciousness of God, which is where we go into the seventh day, is once again being fully aware of, conscious of God, living from the heart instead of the head, which is logic, reason, the fall, is the yeah. way we understand it, right? So I know that's a little bit deeper, but the Aleph is the beginning of this... Uh, essence or consciousness called John um, congealing or coming into this realm because God has got a gift for you and for me and that's what he's doing but there's a purpose in all this which we will get to next week so Romans 8 2 says for the law of the spirit of life in Messiah Yeshua set me free from the law of sin and death so why do I still want to die? I always said at the beginning of this, when God first started showing me this stuff, I said to him, well, listen, if I used to work for Bell, Te Bell Telephone and now I work for Rogers, why am I getting a paycheck from Bell Telephone? I'm sure if I was, I wouldn't be getting it anymore. Bell's not going to send me any more money now that I'm with Rogers. I said, so why am I bearing fruit from the law of sin and death when I have been set free and I live by the law of the Spirit? It's a law of the Spirit of life in Yeshua. Come on. The living word. I That's like that. because I have to make a journey. That's what this, this podcast is all about. We have to make a journey back mm. to that place that's, yeah. right to come into this that's because i'm still bearing the wrong fruit here yeah right even though i believe i must know there's if, a difference right but if we still attain in our in our heart to a lower nature we'll still bear fruit from that nature Right. We have to fully receive that we have been transplanted so that the sap of God or the life of God flows through us. Yes. But until we let go of the other tree, yep. it's, it's impossible, right? And so that's why when uh, Roger had that vision years ago mm. that there was some out on the branch and you were floating in the air and there was some even grown into the, the tree. tree. It's like God's calling us to, to step out in faith and say, okay, God, mm. you need to show me. Like, even, like, I'll just be honest. When you're talking the sacred unity thing, yeah. it's hard for my head to wrap around it. Yeah. But yet, I all things are in Christ and through him and by him and hold together in him. Which and it's is like, what? Sacred unity. Exactly. And then there's the, the whole entanglement thing that um, string theory and all them are talking about, which mm. really, really reveals this. And, and so I'm like, I can feel in my heart that this sacred unity... Is, is a truth is a truth yeah like because i know it is because it says if one of you's in prison you're all in prison yes. and there's all these things that are pointing towards a oneness mm. and that oneness leading us to compassion for one another because yeah. we are one 
Right. You know, I, like I think that that's... And Paul said it. How can you, um, uh, like one part's a foot, one's a knee, hate right? Hate your own body, yeah. Yes. And well, then John takes it a step further. Mm. If you say you love God whom you haven't seen mm-hmm. and hate your brother, which is God manifested. Wow. You're in delusion. He calls it a liar. You're lying to yourself. Wow. The world's a mess in well, this state. Jesus even says, whatever you do to the least of yes. these, you have done unto me. And whenever he says these things, we turn them into kind of laws. Like, you know what I mean? White yeah. pick fence laws? Go be good, Johnny. Yeah. But you know what he's saying. He's saying, wake up. Wake up. Wake I'm in up. All. Get out of bed. Yeah. Mm. Like, there's something really good here, guys. Something beautiful. Wow. Yeah. So John 14, 6 says, in the Passion Translation, Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me. To know me is to know my Father, too. They're one. Come on. So the way is Jesus is the gospel of salvation out of the darkness in our minds in the outside world that means we live from the outside things going on outside around us um, where we continue to live in the darkness of what's really true so jesus comes as the way comes he manifests as a mortal man like you or i to the outside so we could see him Mm -hmm. so he could take us somewhere he sees wants to take you somewhere he doesn't want you to wait for the the jewish man to come back because that's where he came as a mortal but then he put on immortality which is what you're to do so he's the way we call this the gospel of salvation then he 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 as soon as you come there he says i'm the door i'm the bread you access through him to what the holy spirit the Holy Spirit, which is called by Andrew Murray, the Spirit of Christ. All right? So the Spirit of Christ now in your mind, will, and emotions, which is the ten of meeting, he shows up there. I got baptized, yakarabasita nanai, right? Well, it was more than just tongues, but that was something to confounded my mind and began to allow God to pray through me true prayer according to the Spirit of God. Ooh. Right? Think about that, though. Mm-hmm. What is tongues if not a witness of an inward union? Exactly. That's wild. Yes. Whoa. But my mind needs a long time to catch up here. Yeah, because it's like it's not you praying. It's, yeah, it's, it's God praying, praying in, you. in you. And it's like that's, mm. that's literally a manifestation of your inward union. Yep. That's beautiful, man. Whoa. Mm-hmm. So the truth is the gospel of the kingdom. It's called the gospel of the kingdom by the Holy Spirit leading us Come from on. a carnal mind to the spirit living in Abba, mm. body, soul, spirit. He's taking us somewhere, but that's the big journey. It's called Romans chapter 7, if you want to read about where you are. Okay, so then we enter into this other gospel. It's called the third gospel, which is... Um, the everlasting Last. gospel Come so on. the life right remember way truth life the life jesus is talking about is found in the father mm. which is to know the father eternal life to be in the spirit that's the everlasting gospel now that gospel was is 
and is to come. It's always been, always will be. It's us that is has an access to it. So we go through salvation, kingdom, into that gospel that's always existed, which is in the Father, one in the Spirit with the Father. So the very life is in the Father, in the everlasting gospel. What does gospel mean? Good news. Good news. Come on. Hebrews 9. The Holy Spirit is signifying this. Chapter 9, verse 8 to 10 in Hebrews, New American Standard from 2020. If you want to read this, he's signifying this. So isn't it interesting that it's the Holy Spirit that's telling us this? Mm. And where's he? He's in your mind, in the soul realm, mind, will, and emotions. Where's he? What's his job? To lead you into all truth. What's all truth? In the Father, mm. the everlasting gospel in the Father. Spirit, it's, the, it's spirit he's taking you to. So here's, and this called sacred unity. So here is the spirit speaking to our souls. This is what he wants to say. The holy place, he's talking now about what we used to sing by Petra, holy of, take me into the holy of holies. He's talking about that place. He goes, it has not yet been disclosed to you while the outer tabernacle is still standing. What he means by that is as long as you're still living out of the carnal mind, you do not, he will not even show you where this is. Mm. It's as we pursue him in the truth that he will unveil this to us. That's our, that was the whole purpose of it anyways. That's why Jesus came. This is why he came. Why did he come? To take us to the Father. That's why he came. So it says, it's uh, that outer tabernacle while it's still standing. He's speaking about the tent of meeting. We're not allowed. We can't even see this one. And he goes, this is a symbol for this present time. Now, if you remember the eons, he's, this is language. He's speaking an eon. There's the, uh, this present time, there's the age during, and there's the age to come. So he's speaking about a particular time, which is, again, the soul realm. He also, when he spoke to Nicodemus, he said, you can't even comprehend these things, for the spirit is like the wind. They had no ability to understand what spirit was at that moment. In fact, that is the word. Jesus would never have used the word spirit. It didn't exist. It was wind or breath. Yeah, and so he was saying, you don't... You don't understand God's breath because you don't even understand the natural wind, where it comes from, where it goes. Right. And so I think, like what you were just saying there, it's like it had not entered their minds yet because they had not let go of that which kept them away from knowing. Yeah. Which was the law. Yes. The law actually blinded them to keep them in carnality. Yes. And only few ever ascended above that. Very few. Because the door wasn't... Uh, revealed yet through Christ, and be- but it was there. Some found it's it. always been there. Yeah, it always has. It's 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 because uh, we we live in the carnal understanding, so it keeps us bound. The everlasting gospel had to have always been available. It always was because God is outside of time. Yes. So therefore, those who righteousness was accounted unto them merely found the way that Jesus came to proclaim. They were not what we think. Come on, they entered. So the last part of that, it, it tells us this. Oh, Brenda, mm. we just bless you. We love you. Send our love. Brenda. Tuxford. Oh, Brenda. Bless you. We love you. 
So the next part of the verse goes, accordingly, both gifts and sacrifices are offered, which cannot make the worshiper perfect in conscience. These sacrifices in that time were, yes, rams and bulls and stuff, but we do them today. They look different. Still Old Testament law. It's still the yeah. same thing. It will not make you. How do we know? Because people are trying to repent every day. Why? Because they're not perfect in conscience. Do you see? Once your conscience comes into this perfection of understanding, you're no longer sacrificing anymore. You're no longer fighting whether you're good or bad. You just know that you're on a journey with him. Right. And he's perfecting you till the day of his coming. Then, then he breaks it down again for you to show you what it is. He goes, since they relate only food, drink, and various washings and regulations for the body. Now he's talking all these things are what? Outside things. The things in the world. They're looking out to make things right in. When it's inside, it has to change. So he goes, these things were all imposed until a time of reformation. Now that reformation can happen for an individual or it can happen for a group of people, but it's, it's now being offered, again, it's God's light is shining, but not everybody is in the Reformation, but it's available, just like it was available for Abraham, and it said it was accounted unto him as righteousness, because he believed. So wow. he accessed Reformation, you see it? And it's becoming stronger in these days because of what God's doing, but still, it's a very minor minority of group of people that understand or, or awakening to this stuff. So we were born in a culture, at a belief system, at a particular time in history. Yes. Right? Just as Elijah and Enoch were born at a particular time in history, surrounded by idolatry, sacrificing children to gods, and Jewish law. They had to change their minds, metanoia, to embrace grace through Christ. Neither one of them died. Neither one of them died. Remember that. They changed their mind, metanoia, in a time of everybody embracing death, embracing all these things, adultery, sacrificing children, and living under the law, they embraced the grace through Christ. Otherwise, they would have never found this. Mm. Same with Paul and Jesus himself. There's great Pharisaical law, the leaven of the Pharisees, and Roman gods. Roman gods. And they changed perceive something greater. So in our time, it's humanism and religions, including Christian religion in the West. I'm not talking people. I'm not talking what we would understand as the way, Christianity, but I'm talking Christian religion, anything that binds us to conformity to a set of rules and ways that has no living experience is not Christ. What we're really talking about is the, oh, you foolish Galatians. Yes. Uh, you, who has bewitched you, for you believe 
a gospel, but not a different gospel, but one that lacks the power thereof. Yes. And and I don't know about you, but I experienced that in my own life where I had to stop and realize, okay, it's time for me to seek because this is only working sometimes. Right. And also, too, every time, every time he shows up, there is this knowing inside of me. Mm. That there is so much more than I've known. Yeah. You know, like one of the things that um, I even kind of rock, we, we kind of, everybody was open to was when I said, but what about, you know, the unveiling? Because mm. it says when the sons of God are unveiled, Christ will be unveiled. Yeah. And, you know, when he ascended, he ascended into what? A cloud. Well, what's a cloud? Into the clouds. Shekinah glory. It's It's the people. Yeah, it's the glory of God, which, which is, is made manifest the in people. The people. It's the cloud of witnesses. That's where he went. Yeah, in, yeah, into no, no, but I mean, like, the very Shekinah glory of God dwells inside of us. Exactly. For the Spirit of God is within us. So when it says that the glory of the knowledge of the glory is going to be poured out upon the whole earth, well, where's it coming out of? The cloud. And so what I've, yeah. So what I've realized is what you said the other week. Hmm. Excuse me. What you said the other week. Was Jesus mm. comes and knocks at the door of my heart, mm-hmm. but he's not knocking from the outside to get in. He's no. knocking from the inside to come out because he's longing for the outpouring of his knowledge of his glory upon the earth so that all creation will see him. Yes. Through us. Now you remember those experiences when we were at 13 West Coast. Yeah. When I it got it. so intense, that glory, right? Yeah. That Ooh. is God coming into our soul realm. Yeah. We weren't seeing those places when we went in those stores or those uh, restaurants or in Toronto when we went in for breakfast. Do you remember that day? Mm-hmm. Everybody wasn't laying on the floor. That's because he didn't come into the outer court, the outer realm. He stayed in the... He was uh, in the, the soul, the tent of meeting. Yeah. We were experiencing Yeshua in his glory there. And it was so overwhelming to us. Times I want to lay, lay on the floor, I'm, and I have. I'm undone. But th- this is who dwells in each and every one of us right hey. now. <laughs> he's there right now. Right now. It's, he's in your spirit, Ooh. and you feel a little bit, sometimes the presence, the peace, whatever. <laughs> Let me tell you, He's barely got the door cracked. He says, you know, be still and know. He wants to come in. He wants to, not only that, he wants to come into the whole world. Well, and and if you think about it, if you can enter in to that which is unseen, the unseen will become the seen because you'll know it. Yes. And once you know, there's no need to believe anymore because you know. And, and I, I ask the question, how important is this? Well, God loves you and me. Mm. And I can settle for whatever I want to settle for, for what will a man sell his soul? Or I wow. can not settle Mm. except to see him face to face. There you go. 
Do I hunger after him like my breath, like my life? He is my life. And if I hunger after him, if I seek, I will find. Mm -hmm. If I ask, I will receive. And if I knock, and what's that? That's the veil into dad. Yeah. The door will be opened. I don't want to wait till I'm dead. I don't want to wait. I want to know why I'm here. Come on. And I want to know whose I am. Right? He, he breathed me. And I want to come back into that union mm. and know why I'm here on the planet in this day, in this hour. Wow. So the problem was, again, we're born in this time, and even in our Western understanding, we all believe in death. Even Christianity believes in death to go to heaven. That's not true. That's paganism. Is it, is it true that people die, they get to heaven? Yes. <laughs> but that's not true. That's not the way to go. The cross is the way to get to heaven. Is he was crucified, rose from the dead, and that's the access. So we can enter in to heaven right here, right now. We can ascend into the heavens. There's more than one. Yeah. I know of seven. Enoch speaks about ten. <laughs> and God created it, therefore he's beyond that. That's wild. Yes. Again, you just do the math, right? If he created something, he's not it. We think that's where he lives. No. Mm -hmm. But he wants every one of us to go where he is and to know him in the fullness. He's not hiding from us. No. He's hungry for us, but it's up to us. And I decided a long time ago, I could settle for what I was being fed at the table, or I could pursue him because he is the food. And once I did, he says to me, meet me outside the gate. Come outside the religion. Come outside of those things that are within John Brown, that are imprisoning me, and I'll begin to unveil Whoa. the journey into the depth of my being, God says, into my heart, and you will know me. And he's no respecter of person, so why should he hold back from me or you the same thing he gave to Enoch, the same thing he gave to Elijah, the same thing he gave to Yeshua himself? That is what is offered to you and me. Do we want to settle? I don't want to settle. I don't want to settle at all. I know I'm going to go to heaven, but I'd sooner not... I'd sooner take my body with me because I'm going to show this week, but more next week. Mm. This is a gift. It's not what you think it is. And God desires to give us something. We just have to know what it's for and why. So I don't want to believe in death. I've checked out from believing in death. I believe in life. Jesus is what? The life-giving spirit. What do you say about death? The final enemy, John, is death. Oh, he's my enemy. He's not my, my friend to come to me and bring me to you, Yeshua? No, he's your enemy. He's my enemy.
Oh, death's an enemy. Then I better quit believing in him and believe in life. Him who is life, Yeshua. Yeshua is not death. Yeshua is life. Life-giving spirit. Why'd you come, Jesus? To bring life. Oh, why do I need it? Because you're dead. And you're on a journey. You're under the law of sin and death. But now I come to give you a better law called the law of life in, in the spirit. In, in union in Christ. Romans 8.1. That's why he's come. So we look at um, Elijah and Enoch believed in the life of Christ in them and didn't believe in the works or death, but the law of life in Christ. And what did they do? They transfigured. They transfigured. They're a light on the path. They're trying to tell us something. They're a, a sign. It's like, you know, this blinking sign. Blink, blink. Look over here. Look over here. What do you see, John? Oh, they didn't die. Why? They were transfigured. Wow. Are they special? No. They're you. What do you want? What do you want? You can follow the herd. Remember St. John of the Cross? Or you can find Yeshua, the life giver, and follow him. So here's that. So the scripture tells us, as a man thinks, so is he. So what we believe is very important. Yes. If I believe in death, death I get. Out of the heart flow the issues. Out of my heart flow the life that's going on around me, what I'm believing. Mm, there we go. Why? Because I'm God's son, and he's a creator, therefore I'm a creator. And I'm creating my life through my belief system. So by believing we are saved, by believing we are saved, not what we do. Come on. So if we're like Father, we're creating this thing. Now listen to this. It says in the Scripture that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind by the Word of God, doesn't it? Yeah. The Word of God is the living Word of God. Now, what's interested, interested is that that word is also transfigured. Come on. The, the word in Mark is metamorph, morphotha, morph, metamorph, the same word as metamorphosis in English. It's translated as transformed or transfigured. So that means that I am transfigured by the truth, which we're bringing here. We're bringing truth, which is the latter, the light. Christ said, my life is the light of man. It's light coming to us to awaken us, to carry us upward. The picture he gave me a week or so ago, remember? He showed me, me like a bride and him coming and picking me up <laughs> and carrying me up the, up the staircase, up the ladder the staircase Jacob's ladder to the top which is into the father through a threshold we know it as a threshold you carry your bride across the threshold into the bedchamber and and we see this with um, Esther where it says the, uh, the king took his scepter oh by the way on the third day right as the seventh day in creation 
And so he puts forth his scepter, and she is able to access, at that moment, the bedchamber. So Jesus is showing me him carrying me up the ladder. Who is he? He's light. I'm the light of the world. Who is he? The living word. So what's happening? That revelation that he's giving me is him carrying me. I'm not even doing any of this. We can't do this. He's carrying us by revelation in our hearts up this ladder into the th- into the marriage bed, which is a picture of union in Father, which is what? Sacred unity. Mm. That's where we're going. Well, wouldn't that totally line up with precept upon precept, glory to glory? Yes. It's God carrying us, the revelation bringing us higher and higher. Yeah. And I, I, even when you were talking about the transfiguration, you know, I look at John, and mm. he got to a point where he said, I was fully convinced by love. I stood with no fear of judgment yeah. that as he is, so am I on the earth. And he was the one they couldn't kill. So he was being transfigured by he that had, point. Yeah, he had transcended the laws of this earth. Yeah. And the transfiguration that Christ went through, he was there and yeah, saw. Yeah, he was there and seen it. And so even Moses said he saw a burning bush, but the bush wasn't consumed. So what did he see? He saw a transfigured bush. Right. And God's not in time, and you need time to consume. Yeah. You can't consume anything if there's oh, no time. Oh, that's wild. Oh, what? It's that's just wild. sitting there burning. Think in, about that. In that's the wild. Yeah. Yeah, come on. So it's like, it's such a mind melt here to say, when we say sin, people think, oh, one's better than the other. No. It's got nothing to do with that. It hasn't anything to do with what I can do. I can't ascend. He's ascending by carrying us, all of us. Only you can resist Mm. by hanging on to your belief system, because remember, I'm transformed or transfigured by the renewing of my mind, which is what? What we in the West call repentance, which Uh, isn't what it means. Metanoia, to change my mind from the mind of man to the mind of Christ. Mm. Spirit. Mind of spirit. So truth, what does he say? You will know the truth. Truth will set you free. There you go. That's the staircase, see? See, the problem is, too, we don't understand. We don't have a correct definition of correction. Mm. Correction is to authenticate someone, right? Why do I tell my kid not to steal? Because my kid doesn't steal. My kid's a good kid. Right. In their heart, they're good. They share. They want to share. But it's the fear of lack that drives them not to, right? So what you're doing is you're trying to, when you discipline a child, you're trying to show them who they are. Mm-hmm. And so the this rabbi guy I watched on YouTube, he said, the discipline of God will always confront not what you're doing, but who you are, right? Yep. So... It's not very good. Yeah, so it's it's basically what's happening to us. Yeah. Is God is coming to bring correction, not to to say we're good or bad, but to say who we are Which and lifts us higher. Ex- it, it it dismantles or falls away. And you see we're it, not. You see it in the person of Jesus. Here's Peter doing a wonderful thing. I'm going to save my friend's life and he goes, "Get behind me, you adversary." Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because that's not who Peter is. Peter's not afraid of death. No. Because there is no death for us. There are these, everything, 
I'm realizing more and more that where Christ is being formed is really in my mind. Yeah. It's it's that he would be formed here. <laughs> because this is the very thing that's holding me back. It's it's not how much you can receive, it's how much can you let go. Yeah. Can you let go of the room? So what does pride causes us to hold on? Yeah, because we think we know. Yeah. But if you let go. Well, and, and control. Control is such an illusion sometimes. Well, we don't have any control. You don't even have control that you're going to take another breath there, Billy. No, I know. that. But we what we stand out there thinking we are, that's pride. And, and like, I, to be honest, mm. think about this. When was the last time you heard a message about who we are in Christ? I haven't heard it since the 90s. <clears throat> it just disappeared. Why? Because we became self-centered. Mm-hmm. We needed to fix ourselves. We needed to change ourselves. We need to get better. We need healing. 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 <laughs> you know, and we do. I'm not saying we don't. But it's weird that we've lost sight and we never of talk- the f- finished work of the cross. Right. right. Which is what grace has been all about. And and I'm not talking about being stupid, because there were some of us who were stupid, where we're like, I'm a finished work, I don't need to deal with anything. No, no. if the Holy Spirit brings something to your attention, deal with it. Be open, honest, transparent, broken, lay before him, bare, open. But allow him to tell you who you are. Yeah, because the wrath of God means it's against anything that's holding you back from him. It's not about. It's not against you. No, it's a separation. Yes. See, it's that nature of of lack. It's a nature of lack. Mm. I've lived in such lack my whole life. Lack of love, lack of compassion, lack, 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 lack. Until you admit it, until you see it, and you say, you know what? I don't want to be like this anymore. Yeah. And then things start, like... The, the whole sperma thing, like I've actually been experiencing it where I'm subconsciously doing things now that are loving and I'm like going, what is happening to me? Hmm. Because I wasn't even, like before I used to have to consciously choose to do that. So do you see again what sperma is? Sperma is the living word that impregnates form. us yeah. with the truth. Mm. And we awaken, and, and, and the thing about sperma is that, that there must be life that comes from the mm. sperm. You see it? Yep. It's just language to show us something. Yeah. So that sperma brings life, and so does the Word of God. The living Word must bear fruit by bringing us into life out of death. What is a new creation if not a transfigured man? That's it. It's something we haven't seen before. And I said, he, he shone like like the sun. He was white, pure as snow. And there's deep meaning in all that. Yeah. Deep meaning in this stuff that God wants to show us. And they just wanted to build temples. Yes. Because they didn't understand this is them. Mm-hmm. He's trying to show them the way. He brought them up the mountain to teach them how to do this. Yeah. They couldn't get it. Not at that moment. But it planted seeds. Yeah. Mm. Sorry. No. So St. Irenaeus said this, The glory of God is man fully alive. Yeah, I love that. 
So we need to be transfigured. That's what the glory of God is, is us transfigured. Yes. <laughs> That's good. Second Corinthians 3, 14 to 18. Their minds were closed and hardened. For even to this day, the same veil comes over their mind when they hear the words of the former covenant. We put that on to Judaism, but it's not. It's when you're walking according to the legal law and the carnal mind, you are veiled. The veil has not yet been lifted from them, for it's only eliminated when one is joined to the Messiah. And that doesn't happen by saying a prayer. That joining is when union takes place, Romans 8, 1. So until now, whenever the Old Testament is being read, and again, this is, this is words to tell you something, the same blinding comes over their hearts. But the moment one turns to the Lord with an open heart, the veil is lifted and they see. Now the Lord I'm referring to is the Holy Spirit. The Spirit's the Lord. And wherever he is, Lord, there's freedom. We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. Come on. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. Mm. This is how the transfiguration happens. You become a mirror reflecting Yeshua. We, are you ready, are being transfigured mm-hmm. into his very image. Yep. As we move from one brighter level of glory to another, there's the ladder. And the glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Come on. So he's doing the work, again, carrying me up the ladder. Do you see it? Carrying you up the ladder as a groom with his bride into marriage. This is a whole picture. It's a picture. Eastern language, not we're waiting for a banquet someday in a big hall. It's not about that. It's about union with the Father. Galatians 4.19, my children, Paul said, with whom I'm again in labor until Christ is formed in you. It's not to imitate Christ, but to have Christ formed within us. That's the work of God that he's doing. That's the work that's going on. Now, the, the scripture that I used to think was an evangelistic scripture but it's one of the most painful scriptures for me. Yeah. Is Matthew 7:14. The narrow gate and the difficult way leads to eternal life. So few even find it. Now, that breaks my heart. Because this has nothing to do with being a Christian because there are many people that are saved. But how many have entered eternal life? Because the eternal life isn't an extension of time. No, it's knowing. It's the Father. It's union yeah. in dad. Mm. 
in Abba. This is what's offered to us, but it's a narrow gate because it follows one voice. It doesn't reason, it follows a voice. And it's a difficult way because in order to walk there, you must die to self, to ego, to the carnal mind. And you, you can't have an opinion. Because if you don't, the the words of the law will fail you again. That's right. Every time you get close, It'll fail. the veil will fall. You're still veiled, still wow. blinded. So, but if we're willing, because to, to die, remember, is to gain, and to live is Christ. So that's the goal. It doesn't mean die in the flesh. It means die like with Christ, crucified with Christ. No longer I, the I that lives, but it's now Christ in me. Wow. The life I now live, I live after the faith of God, his faith, not mine, because I'm one in him. So if we want to live an eternal life, yeah. it's in Christ. It's not in salvation. Come on. It's in Christ. Yeah, it's our, our minds must be renewed, metanoid, yeah. and come into all truth, accessing dad. It even says to take all thoughts that try to lift themselves above, right? And so yeah. it's, it's like the thoughts that try to attack our union are the very things that God's telling us to tear down because union yeah. is the promise. Yes. It, it, it's beyond servant. It's beyond friend. It's, it's one. It's not a church system. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. It's one-on-one, -on -one, and then ultimately understanding sacred unity and what it means to live in love, mm. unconditional love. So let's for a second look at what eternal life is. What is this thing called life in the Father? What is it? And, and by the way, let me back up for one second. Few even find it, it says. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you. I'm giving my life to find that. That, to me, is the pearl of great price. I was just going to say that. So do we want it? <laughs> do you want it? Do you want it? That's the question. Do you don't it? have to. You can wait, you know, 60 million years if you like. And I'm serious now because Father showed me this. That just because someone dies doesn't make them arrive. They still must mm. go up that ladder. Your mind will still be carnal mm. when you cross over. You have to go through transfiguration. And so you'll go to a place and it'll be beautiful and the presence of God will be there and probably Jesus will, will manifest in a way you'll understand him and all that stuff. But you haven't arrived. <laughs> you know, God said to me, I've given you time and and circumstances the good bad and ugly because he wants me not to be complacent but to pursue this thing because he wants me to get there paul called it running a race to win it's it's like i want it mm. i want what he wants i wouldn't even know or care about this so whose fire is this it's him burning in me i don't have nothing to do with this except answer the call Remember what we talked about? I can only be willing to be made willing. I can't be willing. Posture. Yes. It's just a posture of the heart. So let's talk about this life thing for a moment, which is called the Father. Okay? That word 
the tree is first seen called the tree of life in the garden of eden it signified this the divine uncreated incorruptible indestructible eternal life of god it's called zoe zoe life so the zoe life which we receive is not a package that jesus gives us it's not something separate from himself rather it's in jesus that union you want to know where zoe is it's in jesus but the free gift of god it's free is eternal life zoe in christ jesus our lord romans 6 23 and the witness is this that god has given us eternal life and this life is in the son he who has the son has the life he who does not have the son of god does not have the life first uh, john 5 11 to 12. but the thing about this is again it's about union it's not about me saying a prayer that's saved and yes I'll, I'll go to heaven but there's something greater here there's something the mystery paul talked about that's what god wants to give us something so much greater than a revival a revival only brings people to where they're at i can only give away what i've been given right wow. so if my eschatology is the end of the world and yada 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 and i whether god pours out the wine on me and people start getting saved around me guess what i'm going to teach them they'll become like me yeah doesn't make the right just because the presence of god shows up doesn't mean that's the truth he shows up in in witch covens too why because he loves every single human being whether they lost they're lost or found they're one family called the children of God separated in separation mm. awakening to sacred unity in the father I remember one time the Lord told me he goes I don't confirm men right but I only confirm myself yes so yeah there might be someone saying something and you're getting hit by the Holy Spirit but that's not God saying this person knows what they're talking about right it's whatever was in that moment right yeah he's trying to reveal something to yeah. you yeah to wake you up to help you see like i i can go back and listen to stuff and there's nothing and then all of a sudden wham there's something there yeah it might not even be the same time the second time i listen to it mm -hmm. because really my perception could have changed from then so the place where i'm seeing from shifted and it won't have the same effect on me yeah like we talk about remember when the student's ready the teacher appears yeah that's good so jesus becomes Ooh and continues to be our life mm. for you have died and your life's hidden with Christ in God when Christ who's our life is revealed then you also will be revealed with him in glory Colossians 3 3 and 4 mm. I have been crucified with Christ no longer I who lives that words Zeo but Christ lives in me the life mm. I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me so let's put it this way we've been we're being made alive in Christ transforms the course and the outcome of our lives both ready in this present age but in the age to come
here and now, we dwell in a mortal body, but his life is manifested in and through our mortal flesh, for 2 Corinthians 4, 10 and 11, no longer do we live limited and bowed by sin and flesh, carnality, not your body. This fleshly tabernacle is now indwelt by the power of an indestructible life. There we go. That's the Zoe hidden in your spirit, God himself in Christ. And we need to come into union. Our minds need to metanoia, come into agreement with this, because it's now one with us. This highlights how radical it is when Jesus tells his followers that they presently possess eternal life. Yeah. He is not simply telling them they'll live a long time. Neither is he telling them they will certainly get into heaven. He's telling them that the life of the age to come, you see that? Mm -hmm. Remember, there's three of them, just like way, truth, life, son, spirit, father, yeah. okay? The life of the age to come has somehow burst forth in the midst of the present time and is, is a shared possession of all who believe in him. We possess Zoe in our spirits right now. So there's an eschatological restoration that's begun in you among and through those who give their full allegiance to this and the Lord of the new world. The Lord wow. of the new world. He's the Lord of the age to come, of the new world, of the new creation. And as we do, we will go up this ladder, this staircase, this mountain. They're all pictures to come into that place. Mm, come on. No, we're almost finished. Here's here, of the this first half. Yeah. No, you see? So uh, thank you for splitting this up. Yeah. <laughs> Next week, like I said. We're going to talk about what he showed me. Go on. But I want to say this first. Uh, a, a couple of things here. John 11. Martha said to him, you see, because we've been taught there is a resurrection day. Yeah. Right? All will be raised. Right? Yeah, he comes, uh, you know, you look up in the sky, there's a horn. There's a guy on a white horse. Bunch of people disappear. Yeah. Whole world goes Kurt Cameron on us, and then yes. <laughs> left behind begins. Yes. So let me say in the scriptures <laughs> what Jesus himself said to Martha. Mm. Martha said to him, and remember at that time, there were Pharisees that didn't believe in heaven, even groups of masses of people. So they didn't even believe there was a, a resurrection. Wow. So Martha comes to Jesus, and she says to him, I know that he will raise, she's talking now about um, um, Lazarus. Yep. He died. So she's upset about it. She comes to Jesus and says, I know that he'll rise in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, <laughs> he didn't say, yes, Martha, you're right. There will be a day of the resurrection. He says this to her, I am the resurrection and the zoe i'm the life the one who believes in me will live even if he dies everyone who lives and believes in me will never die that's wild do you believe this remember few find it yeah 
Jesus himself is telling us, you have Zoe inside you. Do you believe in death or do you believe in life? Come on. Right? Yeah, that's deep. Now, in 1978... I am the resurrection. I'm the resurrection. It's not an event. I'm it. And I'm in you. Uh, So where's the resurrection right now? Think about that, though. What was he saying to her? He says, I am the resurrection. The resurrection is with you right now. That's right. So, yeah, you're hopeful for one day. But the resurrection is sitting in front of you. Yeah. Take me to the tomb. And, by the way, he hadn't even died. Yeah. So it was already there. Yeah. You see? So why did it he die? It always was. This is another day we'll do that. Yeah. Because there's more to well, that. Well, I don't want to get... I want to... Yeah, let's finish the thought. Yeah. We don't want to go into that. <laughs> because that's not quite what we think either. No. So, because he wow. was telling her at that moment... He wasn't saying after I die. He was saying, I'm the resurrection and the life now. Me. I'm in you. Mm. So if you believe you will not die, how do we know this is true? Enoch. Elijah. Oh, what's his face? Uh, Sunder, but Sunder's later. John. Yeah. So in 78, uh, so you know my testimony, you can go back and hear it. I'm not going into that now. I'm just bringing up one point of it. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Because it refers to this. So you got to remember, Jesus showed me this scripture in 1978. But I'd been trained and taught by false teaching. And so I'm put it that way. And, And so because of that, I believed in paganism, heaven in the sky third heaven, up above the second heaven where the devil is, all that stuff, which is all not Christianity. None of early Christians didn't believe any of that jazz, by the way. They knew the truth. Okay, so so in 78, I'm in heaven. Mm -hmm. Jesus is speaking to me, and he shows me, and I go into a vision. And in it, I see the globe, planet Earth. Yes. And when I looked at the Earth... I seen lights on the earth, and as I looked at them, I knew that these people were in heaven, but they were still on the earth. But because my mindset was, and my belief system, I said, Jesus, I th- and we're having this discussion, I said, Jesus, I thought you had to die to go to heaven. Now, he knew at that moment... That was my belief. And so he didn't deal with my belief at the time. He was planting seeds that he would unpack to 42 years later that I no longer believe that lie now. I know the difference, and I've experienced this many times in my life now. This, This, the reality of this truth he was putting in me in 78, I have walked in. So, and he has shown me many ways of this thing. So he, he said to me at that point, John, I'm the light of the world, and I'm in you, and now you are the light. Right? <laughs> I am the light. So what I'm unpacking to you here is light. Come on. It's Yeshua. It's coming to us is what it is. You either will be closed from it or you will open to it. It doesn't mean that it's mine, that I'm a great intellect, or I figured this out. I didn't figure any of this out. It came to me, 
and I was a scribe. You want to know what I am? I'm a scribe. I wrote it down. Not unlike Enoch, what he did. I'm not Enoch. I'm not like Enoch. I hope I am. We'll tell you down the road if I am or not. But I scribed the manuals or the latter for what he wanted to do. So, yeah, one sec. I just had so, something about the lights. That's why. Oh, go ahead. It was just when you when you said the lights that yeah. you saw the lights yeah. and you knew they were in heaven but they were still on earth. Yes. They it were people like, on the earth. Yeah, it was like revelation is the very thing that that shows you your connection. Mm -hmm. And yes. that revelation's almost like a highway of awareness. Yes. So it's like as revelation comes you enter both dimensions. The the blindness comes off. Yeah. And you see where you really are. And you become a beacon of hope to yeah, others. Yes. That there is something else. Yeah, and and that's why like That's yeah, why like, this is called darkness and that's called light. Right? Light is is driving out the darkness. Mm. Turn on the light, the darkness flees. Resist the devil, he flees. It's light is what comes to us. And so this is what he's doing. This is what I'm trying to say. He's showing me there, John, heaven is in you. It's all around you. It's not in the sky. There's no sky God. It's right here. I'm here now. And he's speaking to me. And, and if you really want to know, look something up, look up the Merkaba, because that's what I was in front of, was the what's called the mobile throne of God. It's a transport system that Elijah took. That's what was there. They used to use it as a meditation device for the mystic Jewish mystics, and I was there in 1978, which was a second ago, right, because there's no time there. It's right here, right now. It's a transport system of light that I'm to access when I'm ready to go into the Father. It's what Enoch used, the transport system. It's, it's, it's always been there. It's light. It's energy. It's, it's God. And we're able to walk, he told me in the hospital after the surgery, walk in the light as I am in the light. It, it doesn't mean um, be a good boy like me. It means you need to walk in the light. You cannot walk in the darkness. You must come into the light and be in the Father in the Zoe life. That's what he's offering us, right? So, there were people in heaven on the earth. So I want to tell you that they're here now. They are here now. We don't know them. They're not who's who in the zoo. They are here about the Father's business. And they're not walking around as light bulbs because God hasn't revealed. Remember in the book, um, oh, Rick Joyner wrote called, uh, I can't think of it at the moment, but when they, they, they came down the mountain, they were glowing. And if they'd have walked into the regular crowd of people, people in a lower carnal state of mind, they would have worshipped them as gods. But instead, they were cloaked with humility so they couldn't see it. So they're cloaked, those individuals are cloaked with humility. You pass them probably in the marketplace some days. You won't know who they are until you awaken, and then you will see them for who they are, and they will know you there, right? It's, yeah. it's all there. It's going on around us all the time here, right now. Well, it's like even bees. Um, uh, bees from the same hive release a scent that only bees from that hive are aware of. Yes. 
same kind of thing it leaves a pathway back to the queen and so that's Mm -hmm. what's happening is those who have gone on before us left a scent behind for us to find our way to the father yes and and some of them like you said are standing in our midst and we do not know we do not know sorry yeah and uh you know but it's it's because we have to learn to Mm. tune into that scent that frequency that whatever it is yeah that revelation that light there's so many words we use to try to describe it, but it really is just the Zoe life of God. So we can feel it right now. Yeah, like instantly. Right? The presence yeah. of God. But you, you can see how this is a journey because first he goes, oh, by the way, John, I'm omnipresent. Oh, yeah, that's what the Bible says. Well, then quit asking me to come. And I'm thinking, well, I've never thought about that, Lord. Why have we been asking you to come? That's kind of dumb when you're omnipresent. You're always with me. doesn't matter where I go, what I do. Then he says to me, John, you think that you're spiritual when you pray and you're not spiritual when you're having a shower or brushing your teeth. You're a spirit. You're always spiritual. Oh, see how he's trying to shift, shift my mindset, give me metanoia so that I'll get to a place where I begin to understand we're going on a far journey to a place nearby. When we get there, we'll realize we've always been. It's my mind that wakes up to where I am. I'm already there. In the spirit, I'm already in the seventh day. I'm in the age to come. It's finished. God, in the beginning, moves at the speed of thought. He's not slowed down into an echo of our carnal life. In the matrix, he speaks. And at that moment, it's all finished. The seventh day is finished. It's complete. It's done. That's the way it works. And we're just catching up to his thought. That's all we're doing. We're catching up to to what's already been spoken by the Father. The Father is the creator. He's omniscient. There is no power outside of him. There never has been. Where's the devil? He's in him. Think about it. If Christ is all in all, then the devil's not outside of Christ. He never has been. What is the devil? Maybe we need to relook at that stuff. We were taught something about a war. Do you think an all-powerful God has an enemy? Is he at war? He's never been at war. He never's been at war, or what would he have done? He would have, as soon as he, he even thought, oh, there's gonna be this one that rebels. Pop, doesn't exist. No war. So he's serving a purpose. As uh, Norman Grubb called him, he's a sheepdog. He's herding the sheep into the gate. I know it doesn't sound good for the warriors, but this is reality. Think about it. Stop and think with common sense. God is all-powerful. That means there's no power outside of him. How much the devil got? Zero. Oh. Right. If one has all, then there's somebody that doesn't have any. Right. God is all-knowing. Now, if I was all-knowing and I was creating a TV, the last thing I'm going to do is build one not to work. Oh. Hmm. He's called perfect. Oh. You see how rest comes to you? Slow down. Be still. Know that he is God and he is unconditional love. If I want to be like him... I can't hate. As long as I hate, 
I separate myself from him. You got enemies? God doesn't have any enemies. So I can't have any enemies. I must learn to love. In 2006, I was... Oh, aye, aye. Mm -hmm. In 2006, I'm driving up Waterloo Street. I'm in a car. I come up to a light, and I go into the heavens. I look, oh, I'm not driving, which is a good thing, maybe. I have drove like that, but it's not the best. So I look over, and I see these mailboxes, and they're all in a different language. I now realize what the Lord was saying to me, which was, John, you're not a Canadian. You live in Canada, but you are my son, and you are from heaven. Mm -hmm. Heaven's your home not the matrix heaven's your home this is all foreign language here it's all carnality don't get caught up in it don't get caught up in it and i i was i was in that state for a while seeing buildings with different writing on them i thought i was i was in another country seeing chinese or something but i didn't understand what he was trying to say to me through the experience was you are from heaven and this is not your country. You live here because at this time in history, I was born for such a time as this to be here, to be a light in the dark, just like you, just like everybody watching here right now. But we have to choose. So I end with this, and I will end with this next week, this little thing, because I love it. It's, it's called... Um, and we'll pick up, um, let me see where I'm going to pick up there. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to pick up at the, at the Matthew 17, the transfiguration, and go from there next week. Uh, but let's just read a couple of lines here. It's called, From the Odes to Solomon. Listen to what Solomon says. I was crowned by my God. My crown is living. Where do you put a crown? On your mind, over your head. God gave him the authority to live. Mm. He's, he's transfigured, is what she's telling you. Solomon was transfigured. My crown's living. At that moment, he goes, I received the face in the fashion of a new person. Mm. What was he? A new creation in Christ. In the new creation. And the thought of truth led me on. I walked after it. I did not wander. You see, wandering is wandering with the voices all around you. He walked after the voice of God the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, teaching him truth, all truth. I didn't wonder. And all that have seen me were amazed. I was regarded by them as a strange person because he was no longer of an opinion in the matrix. He was no longer wanting to take sides in being angry against those that are as brothers and sisters in sacred unity. We either are for God 
or against God. You can say you're godly and Christian and stuff, but if you manifest anything but unconditional love, which we all do, we're all trying to come up out of the mire and the mud to live from above and not beneath, which is to live in the spirit and not in carnality, to live from heaven and not from the earth, which again is spirituality, not carnality. This is where God is right now, right here, all around us. Heaven is right here. It's just dimensionally. It's in a dimension. That's all it is. And dimensions aren't hard to understand. We'll go, we could go into that someday. They're all connected. They're all connected. The fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth, they're all right here, right now. The tenth, you just can't see. You're stuck seeing the third, but you yet the first and the second is in the third. We understand that. Points, lines, second is a flat plane. Third dimension is a cube. But then there's the fourth, the fifth, and it's right here. Um, all we have to do is have our eyes opened. God is multidimensional. Yeah. He's in all dimensions. You see it? And so then we can start to see from another perspective. He called it to me perception. I'll open up your perception and you'll see things like you've never seen them before. You'll understand things like you've never understood them before. Precept upon precept, glory to glory to glory into the Father in marriage and union. It's a beautiful picture. So if anybody has any questions, we'll take a few minutes as we tie this up. If anybody has any questions, comments, or disagreements, I'm open to that. I haven't arrived yet. Anybody? Yeah, I'm on. Mm. It's a great day to be alive as the Father is revealing Zoe, agape, love, and Zoe life that was in Jesus. He was the transport system to bring it to our minds in the carnal world. He came here to bring life, to bring us up out of death. Yeshua is amazing. There's nobody like Yeshua. He blows my mind, just blows my mind how good he is and what he walked through to uh, get us. And, and it says uh, in Psalm 2, kiss the son lest you die. What it's talking about is intimacy or you will die spiritually and physically. It's intimacy. Into me see. Where's God? In me. Intimacy is into me see that I might know him and that we are one. That's where we're going. Common union. Communion. Right? Anybody have a question? Do you notice? It's all good? Bless you guys. Hope you enjoyed this. Hope it stirs you into the mystery. I hope it, it, it uh, causes you to become hungry, desiring, hungering after the mystery of this union and not wanting to wait, thinking it comes after the angel of death comes to visit. 
because that's that's not the way it works. Think about it. it. If you think it through, you'll understand this, that it is the journey into the Father, our mind being transformed, transfigured into the fullness of who we really are. And um, God is so incredibly merciful that he will allow you as long as you need to do it. Or short. I mean, I, I, I've read stories about people, you know, and, and in that book, remember Norman Grubb's book, God Unlimited, at the back of the book, that lady, over the decades, how she would all of a sudden awake to something that Norman had said, and all of a sudden she was getting it, and going, oh my gosh, and then other times she was going, I just don't get this, I don't understand this, and she's back and forth with him, and then eventually, boom, she comes in to the revelation of it, and I... I read those letters. They were the best part of that book for me. The book was amazing. God Unlimited, Norman Grubb. Very incredible book that helped me understand some of these things, but those letters at the end helped me understand my process. The way my mind must um, go through like that metamorphosis stage of going from a caterpillar to a butterfly. I must become go from carnal to spirituality. And as I morph into that, I become a new man, a new creation man, like Solomon said, a new face. Right? And I'm crowned then with living. That's the crown of life that God offers us. These are the crowns that you see them throwing on the ground. The crowns their life. What better gift can God give you than life forever? That's the gift. I'm not looking for him to give me a sports car. I'm not looking for him to give me a gold house. I care less. I want Yeshua. That's the gift. Yeshua is the reward. Life is, is the crown. That's what you want. Every one of us. It's offered to us. Jesus is the life-giving Spirit that came. And the life is Zoe and the Father. Bless you guys. It was a good night. I hope it uh, encouraged you. We'll see you next Monday with the second half. Hmm. <laughs>